The Leaderpreneur Show, Episode 39, The Importance of Leadership Clarity and Behind the Scenes. Let's go. Welcome back, my friends, to The Leaderpreneur Show the podcast for leaders to deepen their knowledge while exploring an entrepreneurial journey of their own. I'm your host, Stephen Faust, and I'd like to personally thank you today for taking the time to join us for some leadership discussion and learn how we are operating our online businesses behind the scenes. If you like the show, I'd encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by going to leaderpreneurshow.com and smashing that subscribe button. And we'd be honored to have you as a regular listener. Today, as always, I'm joined by my great friend, my co-host. He's Michael Tanner. Michael, my friend, how's it going this week? Stephen, I am, listen, this week I am fabulous. I am off Mm. this week because I've been, uh, I just got back from the beach with my family. I spent a whole week just being lazy on the beach with my family. So it was, a, it was a full week of fun and relaxation with the family. So, man, I'm all jazzed up and ready to go uh, because of all this energy I've got, you know, sitting around on the beach and having a good time. I'm ready to get back at it. Yeah, that's you, you look relaxed. You look refreshed. You got a yeah. collared shirt on for I those. Got a nice tan now. Yeah. Everything, well, let's know? not let's not so, go crazy. Let's, <laughs> let's not go crazy. I don't see a, like a huge... <laughs> tan, but uh, that's probably a good thing. As, old, as as we get older, we need to protect our skin anyway, so it's, it's yeah, probably not I, a I bad thing. I should have invested in sun, sunscreen uh, <laughs> before we went off to the beach. That's a that's great. It's, it's great that you're able to get away, spend a little time with the family. You're out there a whole week, weren't you? We were. Saturday wow. to Saturday, it was just a good time. Great. That's crazy. That's good. That's uh, With everything going on in the world right now, to be able to do that, and were the beaches crowded, or were people kind of staying away, or what? Well, I mean, it was, uh, it was a little more crowded than I expected. Um, but every, I mean, you know, you're out on the beach. Uh, it, it certainly wasn't standing room only, you know, you weren't sitting elbow to elbow with other people. Uh, and we go to the, uh, we go to the coast. So the tide comes in and out. Right. And so we were there. Um, uh, we just had it in a really good week where the high tide was pretty early in the morning. And then, so low tide is through, you know, happens throughout the day. So the tide goes out and as the tide goes out, the beach gets larger. And so mm. as people show up, there's more space and yeah. so forth. So I never felt crowded on the beach and we didn't do the, the restaurant scene and things like that, that yeah. you do a lot of times. We didn't do that. We just stayed in and, and cooked for ourselves and all, you know, uh, so we, we stayed away from everybody except the eight of us that was there. So it was my family of five. And then each of the kids took a friend with them. Yeah. Uh, so it was a pretty big crowd of just us. No, that's great. I grew, I grew up in Florida and went to the beach, uh, you know, quite a bit. And I've never taken such an analytical approach to the beach as you just gave us. So, you know, the, well, no, knowing when the tide's coming in and when it's going out, you, I no were idea. Were you in the Gulf? Were you on yeah, the Gulf? Yeah, I was on the Gulf. The, well, of course, there's no tide in the well, a very little tide. There's a tide. There's a tide. There's a tide. Maybe small one though on the beach. Well, I've just but never. No, no, no. I'm talking. I'm. But the difference between out on the on on the coast, the difference between high tide and low tide, is about sixty yards. 
It's a lot. Yeah. There's, there's a good bit there. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I've never thought of the beaches of math equation, but I'm glad, I'm glad, uh, no, I'll, I'll, I'm a computer nerd. I know. Nerd, me too, but not not to that extent. I I'll, I'll never go to the beach again without remembering this conversation. But no, good stuff. Good hey, stuff. I want you to take your tape measure, and I want to know the difference. Exactly. The when you get back. So it's only 102 today in good old Chandler, Arizona. So it's not so there bad. Go. It's uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful day, and things are yeah. going well, and everybody's healthy. We can't complain. Awesome. Loving it. Can't wait to hear about uh, our, our topic of the day. What are we going to talk about, Michael? So I've got, I think, a rather unique topic maybe that we're going to talk through uh, today. Today, we're going to talk about leadership clarity. And let me tell you just a quick little story. It'll be, I'll share a little bit of it in the behind the scenes a little bit later. Uh, but this week, as we were at the beach, and I had a lot of time to kind of sit. I, I read uh, a lot as we sat on the beach. And, and, but I had a lot of time also to think. Um, my, I kept up with my normal morning routine. Uh, I took, you know, morning walks and, and, of course, the six-hour drive there and back and all that. Just a lot of time to think. And I had a lot of things for my business that I needed clarity on. And so, you know, just that time to think brought some clarity that just – you know, just some revelations, just some some open doors that gave me the clarity need that I needed to to begin to take the next steps in my business. And again, we'll talk about what those steps are uh, as we talk about behind the scenes. But just that thinking exercise and and what that clarity brought to me, I thought it'd be good for us to talk to our audience about leadership clarity, especially leadership clarity and the importance of leadership clarity in three different areas. Uh, we're going to talk about personal values. We're going to talk about your, your leadership, why, your purpose, your reason for being a leader, and then clarity in your team goals. How does that sound to you? Sounds great. And when you said that, it made me think about how much and how important it is to have this dedicated downtime, because those are the times not only do we recharge our batteries, do we get to reflect on on work and life and all those things, but you do get to sit and contemplate things and gain the clarity. So all you workaholics out there, and I would have called myself one maybe five years ago, you've got to be able to get away, not only for your own you know, mental health, it, it, you've got to be able to just to sit and think without the world spinning around you. And I think that's such an important lesson for everybody to, to um, you know, take away here. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I mean, it, it is, a, I think it's a practice that we're, we're, we're losing, right? We're not, uh, we're not as good as we used to be. And there's, listen, there's all kind of um, reasons for that technology and all that, but we're not as good as we used to be, I think, at sitting down and pausing and reflecting and thinking. Uh, I can't remember the name, guy's name, but I read the book long ago, but it was called Deep Work. Cal Newport, I think think Cal Newport and new, but anyway, the book is called deep work. And it was this concept of really, really focused thinking and doing really deep work without distraction. And uh, I think we've, we've lost that, uh, that capability in our, our world today. Uh, so, but that's how it came about for me. That's how this clarity came about for me was when I had time to just sit and relax and think. Uh, and, and so, 
uh, I, I want our audience to take some time soon to pause, relax, and think about the clarity that you need, especially in these three areas that we're going to talk about today. So the first one we're going to talk about is you need clear as a leader, you need clarity on your personal values. What are the values that you personally want to live by and lead by? And these values that you determine are super important to you as a leader. And here's why. Because as a leader, there are going to come situations, uh, challenges, struggles, conflicts, whatever, that really challenge you and really challenge your values, your personal values. And so it's really, really important that you're crystal clear. You have tremendous clarity on your personal values so that you're not in the heat of the moment, if you will, trying to determine your personal values and then lead with them. But rather, these are personal values that you already know, are already clear on, and that you just, you know, just react or, or be, you just automatically behave according to those values because you're so clear on it. You can't wait until the heat of the moment uh, of a conflict and then think to yourself, well, what are my personal values that I want to lead with here in this, in this conflict? You can't wait till then. You got to be clear on those up front. Yeah. I think of it like this. And when you unpack that, it, it makes me, you know, contemplate that topic that, that this way, which is as a leader, whenever you are facing things at work, you're going to put them through a filter that you are comfortable with. And that filter is governed by your values, your value system, the way you think about things, the way you process things, the way you treat people in relationships, the way, the way you act, operate, and think is largely driven by this ingrained value system that you have as a character, as a character trait, as a, as a way you live your life. And things that happen as a leader in your organization, not only do you put them through that filter of how you think about things as a human being and the way you were raised and the way you've worked through challenges in life, you also weigh those things at work against them to determine the types of decisions that you will make in, in the, in the uh, effort to resolve things, right? And could be, could be conflict. It could be normal day-to-day decisions. It could be, you know, financial decisions. It could be relationship decisions, but they are all through this top of the funnel. If we think of it of a sales funnel, they all get to the narrow part, which goes through your values filter. And then when it comes out the bottom side, and, and starts, if you think of an hourglass and it gets bigger again, those are all the outputs after it goes through your values filter and how you decide and think about uh, operating and leading the organization and the team. So I think that's a, that's the way I, I think of values and think of leadership uh, and how those things intersect. No, that's super. And that's a, that's a fabulous word you're using there, Stephen. It, it, the word filter. Um, 
because that's the way these, these personal values, they, they should be viewed. You know, every decision you, you make, you're going to filter that through your personal values. Every, you know, interaction or response you give to someone, you know, when you're giving feedback on a performance problem, maybe you're going to, you're going to filter that, that response that you're going to give through your filter of personal values. And again, that's why it's so important for you to have clarity on what your personal values are. You know, only you can determine what those are. You can, you can borrow from somebody else's if you want, but, but you've got to determine what are your personal values and you've got to do that again up front. Uh, you know, if you're already in a leadership position, you need to do that now. And you need to do that so that tomorrow while you're leading, you can filter everything through those personal values. I, I know, I know for me, um, you know, last week we talked about spiritual self-care. Uh, and so a, a lot of my personal values come from that background, come from biblical principles and, and from that, uh, that, uh, that Christian background. Uh, you've, You've talked about it here. I've talked about it here. I teach, you know, in leadership, I teach the golden rule. That's one of my personal values. No matter who you are, I'm going to treat you the way I would want to be treated. And so when I look at those that are on my team, I'm going to lead them the way that I would want to be led. And so again, that's just one of those personal values for me. And so when, when I'm, you know, when I'm, communicating something, then I have to ask myself, well, how would I want to be, how would I want this information communicated to me? And I'm going to communicate to my team that way, or how would I respond to this situation? Uh, how would I want my leadership to respond to this situation? Then I'm going to respond that way for my team. So again, that's, that's why those personal values are so important, but you, your analogy there, the filter is, is a perfect example of, you know, perfect word to use for that. Now, but let's move from personal values. Let's move now to your leadership purpose or your leadership why. And here's what I mean by this. You want to have really good clarity on the reason that you want to be a leader. What is your purpose for being a leader? What is your leadership why? Now, here's why this is so important, that you're really, really clear. You have that clarity on why you want to be a leader. Because leadership carries with it a pretty heavy burden. It carries with it a lot of responsibility. It carries with it a lot of pressure, a lot of stress. Uh, and now, don't get me wrong, it's completely worth it to, to watch people, watch your team win and help your team win and all that. All of the, the, the struggles of leadership, in my opinion, it's completely worth it. But you have to have something, you know, personally, that's going to continue to energize you, to motivate you, to enable you to persevere through those difficult situations of leadership. And so that's why for me, again, it's, it's important that we take the time to really establish clarity on what is our reason for wanting to be a leader? And people, people get into leadership for you know, the, the list isn't long enough to, 
to put them all on there. It's, there's so many reasons. The self-serving reasons could be, I just want more money. I just want more power. I just want more control. I just want to be able to tell people what to do. Well, got to check your values there, right? A little bit, because I'm not sure that's going to, that's a long-term recipe for success. But those are reasons that some people get into leadership. And then, and then for me, when I think about it, and as you were talking through that, I'm, I'm just contemplating in my mind, my whys and, and trying not to, you know, sit and make a list, but just thinking naturally about it. Hey, I just, I just like serving people, right? Mm-hmm. Number one, I like serving people. Number two, I like winning. So I'm in leadership because I love to win and I love to be part of a winning team. I love to see people grow and develop in some small part because of some influence or relationship that I was able to have with that person or those people to to know and think that our relationship has in some small way uh, created a better opportunity for someone to have success and to grow and develop. And you and I've talked about this before. It's like the older I get, the more excited I am for the success of other people on my team. I just love it. I just love it. I get more gratification from that. And I think if you're a leader out there and everybody has their own why, and it doesn't mean you you can only have one why, there could be a, a number of whys, but if somewhere in your in your you know, list of whys for you, if it doesn't include somewhere in the list about helping people, serving people, uh, helping people grow and develop, uh, helping people uh, resolve challenges and take advantage of opportunities, and helping the business and the team win, if those aren't in some way, shape, or form ingrained into those whys, then I would suggest that leadership is probably not a long-term winning formula for you out there. And you've got to get into it for the right reasons, because as you said, Michael, it, there, there are long days, there are stressful days, the buck stops with you, the business succeeds or fails. And many times, whether we agree or disagree or it's right or wrong, the the cast of blame goes to the leader because you have people in the organization who maybe they're not great leaders and they are looking to put the hammer on someone. And you've got to be able as a leader to withstand and uh, work through that, knowing that you're going to be surrounded by people who clearly think differently than you on a lot of things. And, and that's normal, but you've got to be, be able as a leader, the, the wise, the positive wise far outweigh having to navigate and resolve those types of issues. So to me, you've got to have a list on the list has to be at least a semblance of a few of those things. If they're not, you've got to look in the mirror and ask yourself, uh, am I in the right role? Am I in the right career field? Am I doing things that truly make me happy and passionate. And if not, peace out, you know, we can still be friends, but maybe you should be doing something different and, uh, and let someone else get in there and fill that void so they can start adding those additional values uh, to those roles. So those are my thoughts. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that, Stephen. And, and yeah, there's any number of reasons why people want to be in a leadership role. 
And, you know, you, you mentioned some of those and I think you characterize them as some of those selfish reasons. Like I just want more power or I want a special title or I, I want more compensation or something like that. And frankly, I mean, if that's your reason, if that's your why for leadership, the best I can tell you is that you're going to be frustrated as a leader. Uh, and, and that's okay to get that clarity that, Hey, the only reason I'm in leadership is because I wanted this vice president title. But if that helps you recognize that I'm always frustrated as a leader, now you know why. It's because really all you wanted was a title. You didn't want any of these other great attributes of, uh, of, of leadership and, and reason for, for being in leadership. And so if nothing else, this clarity that we've talked about here, it's pinpointed for you the reason that as a leader, you're always so frustrated. Because again, if your reason why I want the title of VP, if that is not sufficient enough to motivate you and drive you through the difficult tasks of leadership, then you're going to be frustrated. But this clarity in the reason why. So for me, you know, I've, I've said it, I think a number of times on the podcast here, uh, if I were going to describe my leadership style, there's lots of definitions of different types of leadership styles out there. When you search the web, there's dozens of them. But I would characterize my leadership style as a servant coach. Now, that's there's two parts to that. First of all is the servant part. I, I firmly believe in servant leadership. And that kind of goes back to my personal values, if you will. I, I want to be a giver, right? I don't want to be a taker. I want to, in whatever situation I'm in, I want to give to other people more than I take from them. And so that's the servant side of things. But then in the leadership, why the clarity on my, why is the coaching side of that definition servant coach? Because like you, I just love to watch other people win. I love to see a group of people do what it takes to win, to accomplish the goal, to you know, to, to win the game. Um, you, you and I've talked about it before. Uh, I'm a big sports fan. I, I love sports, especially basketball and, and, and the coach, well, yeah, the coach doesn't go out on the court or the field unless you're Pete Rose, I guess, back in the day, I, I wonder how much, I wonder how many of our audience members remember Pete Rose and watched Pete Rose in those days when he was a player and a coach. Uh, but anyway, um, the coach doesn't go out on the court or go out on the field. He sits on the sideline or in the dugout and he watches the team win the ball game. Right. And I, that's the element of leadership that I just love. I, I love watching other people win. And I love watching a team, a group of people come together, especially, I especially like it when the goal is so large that it takes a large number of people to actually come together and accomplish that. You know, I've got nothing against individual sports. All of my kids play tennis and, and, and I love that competition, but there's just something about this is a goal that's so large. It takes a lot of people and they've got to work together and, and accomplish that in, in, in order to win. And the coach side of me just loves to sit and watch that happen. Yeah. And the, and the larger the goal, generally the more complicated, the more uh, things that could go right or wrong. And, and you know what, it just, it just makes celebrating that win so much sweeter. 
doesn't it? It's just so much sweeter when you have a a big hairy goal out there and the team is, you know, everybody's scratching their heads and you got to rally around it and come together and, and sit down in a room and whiteboard things out. And you know what you do during that? You gain clarity. You gain clarity about what it is you are working to accomplish, knowing that the, any one piece of that team cannot do it alone. It's going to take this synergy of the team coming together, recognizing the, the target, the goal, and then working together in complementary ways that are going to enable that to occur. You can't get to that and, and achieve success without clarity. Without the clarity, you're going to have confusion and chaos. You're going to have missed targets and dates. You're going to have frustration and anger set in by many people. And you're going to have people, unfortunately, who are going to leave the organization because, why, you know, hey, Johnny, why are you leaving when they do their HR out, out brief or exit interview? Well, you know what? I didn't even know what I was supposed to be doing. It was just like right. a, a big madhouse every day. Well, what they're really saying is that I didn't have clarity. And as a leader, it is so incumbent on us to make sure that the team has clarity, that we, that we uh, teach and coach and demonstrate clarity, that we uh, sit down and work through clarity together. It, it's not hey, guys, uh, am I clear? Go do that. Well, they may be nodding up and down, yes, but inside they're going, I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. So because I'm scared to ask uh, and I don't want to look like, you know, I don't know what's going on. I'm just going to muddle through it and I'll come back to you in two weeks and have not accomplished a thing. And you're going to get frustrated and mad as a leader because they didn't do anything and they didn't ask any questions because you didn't set the stage right. You didn't provide crisp uh, an understanding and awareness and the clarity needed for them to get started on the right foot. So you've yeah. really got to think about that. And you know I'm going to do it. Here it comes. Here comes Zig Ziglar. Here, here it comes. And, you know, I came into today's episode going, you know what? I don't, I don't have a Zig quote <laughs> around clarity. And, uh, you know, I was just thinking about it, whatever. Okay, I don't have to have Zig, uh, you know, come up every episode. But when you're talking about... Uh, you brought up the fact that, um, uh, you know, watching people and you're, you get so excited about that and helping people and, and seeing what they do and you're not doing it for yourself. But Zig Ziglar says, and I know you probably have heard this quote, uh, and we may have even mentioned it before, but Zig says, if you help enough people get what they want, the day will come when you get what you want. And that doesn't mean, yep. that doesn't mean that you're helping people for the sake of helping them. So it all comes back to you. That just means that the way the world works and the way that you are a servant coach in, in your case, that, you know, you help, you serve, you pour yourself in your energy and your, your compassion and your people see that people feed off of that. And people go, you know what? Michael is, really not just giving us lip service here. He's really interested in our success. And when that happens and when that's genuine and when that's real, that all boomerangs back. Uh, that's the way, that's the way life typically works. You pour it out and it all comes back to you, but that's not the reason we do it. That's just a dynamic and the outcome that typically happens. Serve others first 
and the world and the team and the situations tend to, you know, the harder I work, the, the, the luckier I get, right? It's kind of that analogy, right? It's amazing how lucky you are when you work hard and you're the right person and you, you right. serve the right, right. way. Yeah, no, I mean, and it's, that's exactly what happens. And, and that's why it's so important that we get clarity in these two areas of personal value and your leadership. Why your leadership purpose is because when you're really clear on those, when you have the clarity on those two things, it changes your behavior. It changes how you act and how you lead. And, you know, to the point you were making, when you lead against, you know, pure values that we're, we're talking about here, people see that. And to the Zig Ziglar quote, uh, it, it comes back to you, right? It comes back to you multiplied when you are just doing everything you can to serve and to lead others for their success. Then all of them then do what they can to make sure you are successful as a leader also. And Stephen, apparently you and I, we must be getting pretty good at this podcasting thing because we've led right into bullet point number three uh, as we were talking there. And that, that is clarity on your team goals, right? And we talked a little bit about that just now, but you have to have really crisp, clear, uh, you know, idea of what is the goal that you and your team is trying to accomplish. And you need to be really, really specific with this goal, right? This goal can't be, we want to sell more product next year. Or, you know, we want to be a more efficient engineering group next year or, right, you've got to have some real clarity on the goal that you're trying to lead your team into accomplishing. Again, this is one of the reasons I love sports so much. The goal in a sports game is crystal clear. Everybody on the field, everybody on the sidelines and everybody in the stands and everybody watching on television, everyone is crystal clear on the goal. Uh, if it's basketball, the goal is to score more points than your opponent before time runs out. That's the goal. Everyone is crystal clear on what that goal is. And so as a leader for your team, you first have to establish that level of clarity on what is the goal you're trying to lead your team to accomplish. Then you got to get into communication, right? That, that's a bit of a different topic than today, but you certainly have to communicate that. You can't just come up with the clarity of the goal in your mind and then not tell anybody. But the first step is to sit down as a leader and determine specifically what is the goal we're trying to accomplish. That's the clarity you need as a leader. Yeah, that's so true. And it's, you know, the sports analogy is, is really the best analogy that you could possibly make because everything is black and white. It's a scoreboard. It's a, do I have one more point? And uh, what sport doesn't have an outcome in points or, or totals like that? And if you think of it, you think of it in terms of that and, and you have a project to do, you got to put a stake in the ground. You got to put that stake in the ground and say, you know, for us to achieve success, it looks like this. And what, what I tend to do, and, and you may do this as well, is and you and I can be storytellers for sure. Uh, that's kind of the nature of what we do, right? It's, right? it's how we, it's why we're doing these side hustles and doing the things we do because, you know, we have this passion for that. And what I try to do with my team is use a lot of analogies. I try to use a lot. I don't try. I do. I use a lot of analogies. I use a lot of uh, 
showing what the landscape looks like, providing this, this view into what winning looks and feels like. And I put that out there to say, when we get past dues from 935, which it was, you know, back in August when I, when I started this new job that I'm in, and now we finish the month of June at uh, you know, 251, then you, you, you paint that picture. You say, this is what that looks like. And more importantly, what is the outcome and the benefit of hitting those goals, right? So mm-hmm. our customer satisfaction is going to be high. We're going to be in a much better position to win new work going forward because the credibility that we've built up and solved and, and got back on track is going to be going to be in the, in the mind of our of our customers that now we're we're working on new agreements and new products and things like that and they see and feel what the outcome of that goal is and then when you have that that is a critical part of the clarity and the clarity of that now allows you in in your world uh, kind of in this engineering to reverse engineer what that looks like. What are the things we need to do to get to the point where we have a business that has achieved these goals, uh, this outcome, this impact. And now let's go deconstruct that and figure out together. It's not me saying, here are the 10 things I need you to do when you get them done. Come let me know so I can check them off. No, it's about uh, to sports analogy. It's a full contact sport. You got to get in there. You got to work with the team. Uh, that's different than micromanaging the team. It's getting in there, supporting the team, being right. a voice in the team to get the goal accomplished. And it's amazing how people, and I've seen it, and I know you've seen it, take that when there's clarity, they take that and grab it hard and they go after it because they understand the benefit and the magnitude of what their work means and it matters and they want to be part of that winning solution. So that's the way I view it. And when you have that as a leader, when you have a team that operates like that and the clarity, and it's not easy, right? Sometimes it's better than others and it's always a work in process. But when you get that, man, leadership, talk about the why. That is why, man, that is, that gets me psyched up right now. I'm ready to go get on a project. (laughs) Look, no, it's so true. And, and what you just described is the opposite end of the spectrum that you were describing earlier. You know, you're, you're describing when people don't know what they're trying to accomplish, then they leave the company. And then when you, you know, when it's too late and you say, Hey, what, why are you leaving? Oh, well, cause I never knew what I was doing. Well, the opposite end, the positive end of that spectrum is they're so crystal clear that they just latch onto it like a bulldog, like you're talking about. I mean, they're just, they're getting after it because they want to accomplish that goal because they're so crystal clear on it. And and one of the points that you made there too, just, just brought up the, you know, I was really harping on, you got to be crystal clear on what you're trying to accomplish. And some of the stuff that you were talking about there also reminded me, you got to be crystal clear on how you're going to measure that also. Right. So here's what we're trying to accomplish. Here's the goal. And here's how we're going to measure our progress to getting to that goal. You know, you talked about uh, like on time delivery, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, manufacturing companies and things like that. They they have this metric around on time delivery. And, and first of all, you've got to know where is that metric right now? It's at, let's say it's at 70 percent. 
Okay, well, what's your goal? The goal is 95%. Well, how are we going to measure that? Every single delivery we're going to measure was that delivery on time, and we're going to watch that on-time delivery uh, percentage. We're going to watch that grow. We're going to do these things every single day. And what? So it's not just clarity on the goal, but it's also clarity on how are you going to measure that goal? <clears throat> how, how, how are you going to look at the scoreboard and know whether or not you're winning or losing and what you need to do to, to you know, differently if you're not winning. So, you know, our folks, our listeners, our audience can go back to episode 20, which was how to measure leadership, which was the leading yes. and lagging indicators. Exactly. Right. Yes. So if you want to know more about that, go back to episode 20. That was a, that was a good one. When you said that, I looked it up real quick because that, that just stood out to me. So it's, it's good, good tie-in. It's excellent. Good stuff. Are we uh, wrapped up on this, ready to roll behind the scenes? You got anything yeah, before we, we do that? I, I think we unpacked that. Let's, uh, let's jump behind the scenes on what we got going on in our businesses. Okay, I'm going to flip a coin. It's heads. Uh, I picked heads, so I'll go first. <laughs> I don't know what that meant, but that's behind the scenes. It really doesn't matter. Um, so, yeah, behind the scenes, I'm continuing to work on my Army Promotion Points niche site. Uh, you can check that out at armypromotionpoint.com. I've also launched, as I mentioned last week, I believe, the uh, online calculator, which is armypromotionpointscalculator.com, where I've had, I worked with a, you know, someone on Fiverr who's usually hit and miss, but I worked with a person who was hungry, wanted to prove themselves, got that done. That's out there now getting exercised. I've started that um, uh, Google AdWords ad around the calculator. I'm getting a few few subscribers around that. I think I'm up to, let me see, I have it right here. I'm up to in the promotion point space, 40, I have 42 subscribers. So making, Excellent. making some pretty good progress. I've, yeah. I've gotten, I'm usually getting anywhere from two to four a day. I've, I've only had one today, but I've had uh, three yesterday and um, I've had a couple of four days in the last week or so. So uh, yeah, it's starting to get a little traction there. And then and then because you've inspired me, Michael, around, uh, I know you're working to put a course out there in some way, shape or form that got me thinking as well. And, and I want to pre-sell. So I have a book, a book pre-sell that's going, which I've sold. Let me see, let me count them up Not yet. Zero of, right. So well, we're going to change that. There we go. There we go. Uh, so we're, we're going to work on that, but I'm also, I've, I've outlined and put the shell together for a a course, which I've done over the last couple of days. Uh, if I got that set up and, and I want to start pre-selling that and maybe drip that out to folks, you know, once I get a buyer, uh, then drip that out over, I think like a period of eight weeks or something, do a, a, do a chunk a week and that'll force me to do it and to stay motivated around because somebody bought it and paid money for it. And then, um, uh, actually give me time to, to, think through and, and get the content done. So I'm, I'm becoming more of a believer around this pre-sell stuff than maybe I was, you know, the build it and they will come versus uh, sell it and then build it. Right. You yeah. know, yeah. so kind of thinking through that. Oh, if they really want it until yeah. they spend money on it. Yeah. yeah. So I've had a That's kind the of true test of they want it. I've had a little bit of an epiphany over that one uh, yeah. just because yeah. it's effort and energy versus, you know, wasted effort and energy. If no one, Right. So go through, let somebody pay you a few, few uh, dollars and then go worry about, you know, delivering that product and just make sure clarity again, clarity that they know that they're not getting a product as soon as they hit the purchase button, 
they're getting into a a, a process that they're going to get some product over a period of time, but they're going to get a very st- substantial discount as a result too. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of a trade-off, but that's what's going on for me, my friend. What about you? Well, well first of all, I'm a huge fan of what you're doing there. Uh, a guy, and, and you're experiencing something a guy told me several years ago that really, really, uh, I had an allergic reaction to this when he said it this way. I guess the old Marine in me came Ooh. out, but he said, you know, every now and again, you have to ready, fire, aim. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've said that before. I'm like, I'm like oh, no, that's not the way it works. You have to ready, yeah. aim, fire. Uh, but, you know, his point was don't do all the work and then shoot, right? Get it out there. Yeah. If people want it, they're going to pay you for it. And then you worry about aiming. Then you worry about how do I make this thing valuable for them? So I think you're taking a, yeah. a great approach there. And I love the calculator approach that oh, you're taking. Good, thank you. Because I, and I also know that you're the only one out there. Uh, there's probably other, you know, PDFs on, you know, how do you get a promotion in the army and things like that. But here you have a calculator where they put input their information and then you tell them, here's your current score. And it easily for them highlights areas that they can improve upon in which to increase their score and then ultimately get promoted. And that is a perfect spot for these courses that you're talking about, right? So those people that, that when they put in their information in the calculator, they come up just, just short, Well, here's a course. They'll tell you the things that you need to do to, you know, earn the points necessary to get your, your promotions. I love what you're doing. I think it's great Uh, for me. So we talked about clarity uh, the reason we talked about clarity here on this podcast is because this past week, as I was at the beach and thinking and all that, as I, I talked about earlier, it was just a really, really good week of clarity for me. Uh, as it relates to the course that um, I'm planning to put together, I, I've shared on the podcast, I have a quiz. That's the top of my funnel, if you will. I have a quiz related to teamwork. And I've got some email sequences now that that are in place. But at the bottom of that funnel, if you will, what was I going to give? What was I going to serve my audience with? Uh, and the intention was to serve the audience with a, uh, an online course related to building teamwork. But I was really, really hung up on how do I, how do I help a team build teamwork via a online course, whether it's a, a live course or a video course, I was really hung up on, well, first of all, how do I get the whole team? Like, like, let's say I was going to do a live Zoom call, right? How do I get the whole team on a live Zoom call? Uh, and then what happens when I have multiple teams together? And, and how do I do, uh, you know, teamwork exercises that I would do in a normal workshop? So I was really, really hung up on, on that, right? What kind of course do I offer? But this week, uh, again, just thinking through this, really gave me the clarity that I needed. Uh, and it gave, it gave me the clarity to, to realize that I need to change my audience for this online course. This online course, the target audience for this online course is not an entire team. The target audience for this online course is either the team leader or an individual on that team that wants to improve the teamwork of their team. Most of the time, that's going to be the team leader, uh, but it doesn't necessarily have to always be the team leader. But but the course is going to be about teaching the elements 
that just are the the enemies. The I, I, I say there are four enemies teaching the four enemies that destroy teamwork, and then helping that person to begin the process of building teamwork in their team. Right. So again, I'm not my audience now is not how do I build a course that helps a whole team together with teamwork. Now it's a course about how do I help you as an individual go back to work tomorrow and begin to build teamwork within your team. So that was kind of the aha moment for me this past week, the, the, the revelation. Uh, and once that happened, once I got that clarity, all the other doors just started opening. You know, I just kind of knew exactly what next steps take and then what to do after that. And I, the content started just kind of flowing together and, and so forth. So that's, that's why I came to you and said, Hey, we need to talk about clarity this week because for me in the business, there was a big point of clarity this week when I changed up the audience for my course. And so now yeah. it's just about building that out and to the point that we're or building out the outline of that. And then I'm going to do exactly what you're talking about. I'm going to sell the course and then I'm going to re do the recordings. or the video. You're going to ready fire aim, my friend. Exactly. I'm it, it it hurts me to say that as a Marine, but yes, I'm going to ready fire a. And you know, what I love is, and, and I, I struggle with this too on a lot of things and it, the whole clarity topic, it's now that you know who your ideal customer is, now you're going to be able to put together a marketing strategy and, and self-acknowledged here. If you want advice on marketing, don't come talk to me. Because chan chances are, uh, I can get you to spend a whole lot of money and probably get nothing out of it because I don't, I'm trying to figure this out myself. But I know even as inexperienced as I am in the marketing and, and not having proven I could have a lot of success yet, but I know I would never be able to do that if I didn't at least know who my ideal customer was. And, you know, because now you can start to funnel your Facebook ads, your Google ads, your, your, uh, the way that you engage people in different groups and, and talk about that. And just from a pure business standpoint, what I, what I, comes to mind in, in, in this is that this is a perfect product for uh, expense reimbursement for people. Right. Sure. And, yes. and I don't know how you say that without saying it. I don't know how you know, you, you kind of feed that into some sort of, uh, you know, place, but you know, it, it's reality. And, and I, and I do this too. When, when I go look at something and want something, if there's a way that I could legitimately categorize it as a leadership or a business expense, you know, you know, I'm trying to, I'm doing it because the company is going to benefit from this as well. And that can't be taken lightly because the chances of converting a looker into a buyer, knowing that there's a potential for a reimbursement, I think your conversion rate goes up. Uh, it just naturally goes up. So uh, I think that's great. I think that uh, I think the clarity, the mindset around around what you want to do and who you want to market to. And I agree, it's tough to it's tough to market to a group of people. Uh, a, an online program. That's more of a workshop, something you do right. uh, in person. I know you want to do that. We just don't live in the time and place right now where that's realistic. And, exactly. But that doesn't mean we can't still make headway and, and get traction and still, you know, have a thriving business. You just have to do it differently. And I think there's a segment of folks out there who are, who are thirsty, who are 
begging for things like this to fill a void of not being able to go to training. And people that figure that out and people that offer products and services that go to the core of serving that segment of folks out there and then knowing the clarity around the ideal customer and then the, the, the real clarity around, and this is where I struggle, is the marketing strategy and the funnel and the ads and the, and the you know, when does the payback occur? Once all that's humming, then it's just adding zeros and scaling, right? So no, that's, that's totally. what I'm seeing with what you're doing. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it's not just, you know, the clarity on the ideal audience and all. It doesn't just bring about, you know, better marketing it brings about the better product, the content of the product. You know, right. I was really struggling with, well, if, you know, if this is going to be an online course for a team, how can I put together content, leadership training content, teamwork training content that'll bring great value to those that are in attendance? And that's where I was hung up, especially it being online. You know, if I was in a face-to-face workshop, I know exactly what I would do. But I would be there with the whole team. And it would be just that one team. When I, when I'm, when I go online, there's uh, with this, there's potentially more than one team there, but again, you lose a lot of that. This is a teamwork workshop kind of feeling. And that's where I was getting stuck. And so that clarity not only better enables my marketing, which I'm like you, it needs all the help it can get. My marketing does. Um, But not just that, I, I, I needed that clarity just to, just to be able to understand how could I bring the audience good value in the content they're going to uh, receive. So now I know it's there uh, because I have that clarity. Yeah. The least thing, the, the thing that I'm worried about least with you is bringing good content. Cause that's, that's just what you do. Uh, that's what you're gifted at is you bring, you bring good content that helps and serves people, but it's like anything. If we can't get our content in front of them to see that, then right. then it's we have not done our job of giving them uh, this product to help serve them. So it's not about so it's not about hey, do we just want to sell you something? It's it's they're missing out too because they don't have the opportunity to get to get the benefit of this information. And when you look at it that way. We need to be aggressive. We need to be out there in front of these people. We need to actually ask them to buy this. It's not, well, you know, can you, you know, here's the benefits. Here's the the product. And we shouldn't be embarrassed or, or nervous about asking people to buy because it's ultimately going to help them. And I struggle with that. Honestly, I still struggle with that a little bit. I still have a little bit of uh uh, the imposter syndrome and some right. fear around that. I'm just not natural yet about this aggressive sales pitch. It's just not something that I've had a lot of experience in. And it's something I'm still, you know, recognizing needs to be done and, and trying to find that, that way that I can go do it. And I think that's something that all entrepreneurs struggle with at some point. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I, you know, I think uh, that hesitancy that's in both of us, um, it's, it, it's not about, you know, we're afraid to make a dollar or we're, we're afraid uh, to, uh, you know, ask someone to spend money. Uh, it's, a, it's a fear of can we give them back the value that they need or that they expect or that we want to deliver. 
um, you know, when you just have that pushy salesman, all they are thinking about is the commission that they get. Right. But yeah, we've got to get to the, you and I've got to get to the point where unashamedly we believe in the value that we can provide for our customers. Yeah. Uh, and therefore unashamedly we ask them to get, where did I get this from? I know you've said it before. I don't know who it came from, but they're going to give us certificates of appreciation in the form of dollar bills. Yeah, it's amazing how they kind of look like uh, dollar bills of certificates. They do. Yeah. They do. Yes. Yes. So anyway, I, that's that's where we we've got to get to. And and I again, I kind of feel like yeah, I finally gotten some clarity that I know the individuals that goes through this course, uh, they will be able to go back to their team and begin to build the teamwork that they need to be uh, competitive. Yeah. And, I'm confident in that. and oh, I agree. And, and to, uh, and before we wrap up here, I just want to show you, see that baseball up there. It, I do. You see the baseball up on the, in the, in the compartment. That it is the, not a Pete. Rose that is baseball. a Pete Rose autographed no baseball. That is a Pete Rose autographed baseball that we got. We got it in Vegas. We got it in Vegas. Uh, my, my wife was, uh, I think I've told this story too. Maybe my wife was at, uh, with the kids, they were, shopping or doing something on the strip there. And she calls me up. She said, Oh, there's a guy here. His name's Pete Rose. Uh, I don't know who that is. You know what? I mean, he's selling baseballs for like, uh, you know, they weren't much or like 20 bucks, 30 bucks for a baseball. The guys out there, you talk about not being uh, unabashedly afraid to sell. Pete Rose is out there going, I'm hawking baseballs people because they won't let me in the hall of fame. I can't yeah, do it. Put me in the hall of fame. Yeah. That's what yeah, you know, well, and Vegas is such a perfect place for him, apparently, given yeah, his, it is. <laughs> yes, yes, but, but, uh, unplanned, but it's kind of cool that you brought up Pete Rose. That's the first thing I thought of was my, That's awesome. my baseball there. So, uh, oh, not only did he sign the baseball, he also filled out the certificate of authenticity himself and signed it, <laughs> which is funny. Because awesome. he signed the certificate. Yeah, he's like a one-man band. <laughs> yeah, man. He's doing what he's got to do. Yeah, you man. got he's it. Doing what he's got to do. Good conversation today, yeah. man. Uh, good stuff around clarity. Good good to hear the progress you're making behind the scenes. We, you know, we, we just keep pushing along. We're going to figure this thing out, and that's why we share this. Along. That's right. We just want to share it. So, what, you want to button us up? Yeah, sure. So, um, clarity. Listen, as a leader, you've got to gain clarity, right? So, start with yourself. Get clarity on your personal values. Get clarity on your leadership why, your leadership purpose. Uh, and then just make sure that you've got crystal clear clarity on the goal that you're trying to lead your team into accomplishing and be sure you communicate that with them. Uh, for the podcast here, head over to leaderpreneurshow.com. This is episode number 39. So that's where you'll find the uh, show notes, leaderpreneurshow.com. And then for, as always, for everything Stephen Faust and what he's doing, the aerospace leadership with Army Promotion Points and so forth, you can find that over at uh, stephenfaust.com. Find links to everything else from there. And for me, as always, catch me over at credibleleaders.com. You'll find links to everything I'm doing there as well at credibleleaders.com. Until Stephen and I speak with you again next week, be blessed and lead well.